Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fight Hard, Love Much. The tears were flowing early this morning, and so I thought, well, maybe hopefully I can get on before they really start flowing the end of the week. But welcome. Thank you again for all the support and texts and calls and those who have reached out. I really appreciate it. And yes, you can always, if you don't have my direct contact, you can always email me at fighthard.com lovemuch at gmail.com. So yesterday I was getting a facial from one of my beautiful daughter-in-laws. And at the beginning she was, she asked me, so what is your stress level today? All very nice and calm and, and professional. And I just started laughing. I, I said, she goes out of one out of five, five being the greatest. And I said, a 10? Duh. Like, and it is my, my stress level seems like it's always at a 10, but this week especially. And this isn't to make anybody feel sorry for me or, and you might think that I am crazy, which usually I am. But anyway, so I'm speaking at a girls camp this this week, and I am super honored to be there and that they asked me. And I'm really excited. I haven't met these girls, but I am really, really excited. And I don't have a problem sharing my story or sharing my thoughts the stress of making sure I connect with them and say something that they that might help them. And so that's one. Then I'm in charge of our family reunion next weekend. So that's on my mind. And then after a month of hobbling around, found out that I most likely have a stress fracture in my foot. And, and so now I'm in a boot. But the biggest stress this week that I I seem to just fly through the day and get the things done. And then like on my way to get my Diet Coke this morning, the tears just came. Friday is Sam's birthday. He would have, he would have been 19. Just the thought of, of not celebrating with him and trying to figure out how to celebrate his life and remembering him. So the tears started super early this morning, just and randomly, and but it's brought back a lot of feelings over the last few weeks that that I wanted to kind of share a little bit. I got a message this morning, and I'm always so honored and appreciative of people who reach out, and not to not to make me sound like I'm this fabulous person or this. No, I know everything because I know very little but just an honor that people would feel comfortable in reaching out. And so it was this this voice message this morning that really touched me, and I was so thankful that she had. Um, I re- had a call a few weeks ago from somebody, a family on the other side of America, who just lost their 14-year-old a few months ago. I've also come across in uh, different meetings three three or four different families who have lost 12 and 13-year-olds to suicide. And I think, oh my God. I mean, I'm so sad that I lost Sam at 16. But 12 and 13, that's almost my Spencer's age. And then another call of, of someone whose niece was in her early 20s who wanted to take her life. And somebody asked me if it's too much for me, if it's too hard, if I shouldn't be involved. And it's not. I I am more than willing to talk. 
even if I if I'm just a listening ear, I'm more than willing to talk. I'm more than willing to listen. I'm more willing to give the whatever small advice and counsel I can possibly give to to help them navigate where to go. I'm always honored, and I feel very special that people do reach out. I said, so it's not that. It's not that I, I, it bothers me or brings me down, but it does make me so sad. And it makes me so sad to realize how many people are out there who are struggling, how many kids are struggling, and it's getting younger and younger, and it's tough. I think this has to be, I think one, one lady messaged me and said it's got to be a village, just like it used to say, everybody used to say it takes a village to raise kids, and it does. It also is going to take a village to help our kids and to help others, even young adults, mothers, husbands, adults. It's just all over. And that's the part that I, has made me sad, sad that it is such a difficult thing to go through. It's such a difficult thing to witness in your kids. It's a difficult thing to experience yourself. So I just hope that those of you who are struggling, or even if you're not, or you don't know somebody, to just be kind and um, and find support, find others who you can talk to. Seriously, I I really am always willing to talk. I don't want it to sound like I'm not, or that it's too much. I feel very honored when people reach out. Continue to do that. Um, I hope you bear with me. I'm going to remember Sam for a little bit. I hope it helps make you smile some. Remember <laughs> thinking of my my Sam. For those of you who knew him, you knew what a character it was. Those of you who don't, maybe you know somebody that you could probably relate um, and, and say, oh my goodness, they would be about the same. So my Sam started off in his own in his own way. When I was about four weeks pregnant, or no, not four weeks pregnant, when I was about four months pregnant, sorry, he somehow managed to flip to where he cut off my, I, I couldn't urinate, I couldn't go pee at all. And he was blocking it. And so in his lovely way, he, I wore a catheter for a while until he got a little bit bigger and moved around some. Um, so that's that's how Sam started off, was causing me difficulty. Then he was breached right at the end, and they actually had the C-section scheduled. He was, we were going to go through with it. The doctor tried to turn him. And last minute, Brian, who did not want me to have a C-section because I had the twins at home who were two and Allie, who was three, and J- Tim and Ty, he's like, we cannot have you have a C-section. In his own little miracle, managed to flip Sam right at the very end, right at like a half hour before they were taking me into the C-section room. He was a happy baby. He had lots of ear infections, but he was a happy baby. And from the time that he could move, he moved. He could get out of his crib early, like 18 months, I think he climbed out. He never stopped moving ever. He loved his brothers. He loved to pester his brothers and sisters. After looking at a journal writings that I had, realized how quick wit Sam was growing up. And even at three and four, when he learned to talk, he could put his brothers and his sisters in their place so fast. I've never met somebody who is that quick at responses. So he was a total delight. He had this biggest smile ever um, that could light up my room way back then and and continued with that throughout his life. When he was three or four, 
we were up at our cabin, he found there were white butterflies everywhere. And some of you who follow me on Instagram have have heard this, but he there's this white butterflies that just kept following him. And there's a picture of him with that white butterfly on. And I, I said, Sam, what, um, who is that? And he immediately named it George Washington. I don't know why. I, who knows how he even knew that name, George Washington, but that's what he named the white butterflies was George Washington. And from that day on, Anytime we're at the cabin and saw this white butterfly, call him George Washington. So it became this joke throughout the years, years after. Anytime, that's what they were. After he passed away and and we were all struggling big time, and people kept saying, look for those tender mercy, look for those signs of Sam, You'll, you'll start to notice things. And my daughter was down at the cemetery, Sam being the the wanting to look good for everybody, and in Sam's obnoxious way, in the letter he wrote us, told my daughter she was in charge of making him look good. And I know that sounds so not right that he would put her in charge of that, and she was so mad at him, and still is that that's that's what he said. But she took that responsibility to honor Sam, anyways. So the the cemetery. She hated how it looked. The, there was no grass. It wasn't green. And so her and her husband went and laid down sod. And she would go down about every day, or some of us would, to go down and water it by hand. There was a day that she was watering, and she'd have to go fill up the bucket and then walk it over. And there was a white butterfly that followed her. And at first she, she said she didn't think about it very much. Until she remembered the George Washington and how that butterfly followed her that day watering. And a few days later, as I was sitting down at the cemetery, another white butterfly came and it almost seemed to smack me in the face. Like it it went right by my face. And I thought, yep, that, that would be Sam who would manage to almost hit me. There were many times he did that out of, out of being Sam. I thought, thank you for those reminders of my Sam. After this last fall was a nightmare in lots of ways, trying to help Spence. Um, He had hit his breaking point and was also to the point of, in his grief and sadness, didn't want to live either. There was a day that we were had, had a total breakdown. It was at the dentist's office and I was so upset with him because he wasn't doing what the dentist needed him to do, and he wasn't going to school, and I just left with Spence crying. He knew he had really upset me, and I was just sobbing the whole way home from the dentist's office thinking, I cannot keep doing this. Like, the, I, I, the, I can't keep doing this. And, and on the way home, there was butterfly after butterfly that flew in front of the car, I mean, it like I like I had never seen before, and it just kept going for about a minute, just butterfly after butterfly, and to where finally I stopped crying, relaxed, and actually started to laugh, going, "Okay, fine, I get it. I know you're here with us," because I was in the car yelling to myself with Sam that why why did you leave him? <laughs> So the butterflies, and I just started laughing, and the mood changed. I actually, that afternoon and that, the rest of the drive, was able to talk to Spence a little bit. 
about where he was and some of his feelings. And he doesn't like to share his feelings except for anger. And I remember it being turning into a, a little bit better conversation and day to spend with him once I realized, okay, Sam is here with us. God does know who we are. And I, and I don't know how the spirit world works. I don't know how the other, after we pass, how it works. But I've I've learned to that I think that there's a connection between all of them. That there's the angels that watch over us. There's the Holy Ghost that can comfort us. And there's God who knows us in Christ. And they all just work together. Because it's too hard to like separate them out, but that they all work together. And so those signs of the butterfly, God telling us he knows who we are. And Christ being with us and the Holy Ghost there to comfort us and Sam reminding us he is around as much as we get mad at Sam are awesome um, comforts to us. So that is Sam and his uh, white butterfly is George Washington that has now stuck with us forever. So one more quick story and then I will let you, hopefully, if you've listened this far about Sam. So... Like I've said in lots of previous podcasts, Sam loved people. He loved to, number one, make people smile, but he loved to, he, lo- he wanted people to really like him. And, and a lot of that was, yes, he was a perfectionist and he wanted that, but he also just, I think he just generally loved to have, or to, to make them laugh, to make, to share with them until they had smile, whatever he said. So this is just a quick, when he was in junior high, he had, he, he hated school. It was really hard to go, especially the last few years. He really struggled with going. And then when, after some stuff had happened and he really didn't want to see friends, he didn't want to be by people because of the shame and embarrassment, whatever it was. And so we really struggled with school. And I know this is probably not good parenting. And maybe I would redo it. I don't know what I would I would do different. But I'm sure the counselors would say that that was the wrong thing to do. But there was a, lots of days that he would just beg, please just come get me for lunch. Because he, he just didn't want to face everybody. A lot of times I would bring lunch and he would sit in the car during lunch and we'd just talk or or he'd sit there. Um, but he did miss a lot of class and he would manage to either be late to school or he would beg me to get him out early. Um, but we did miss a lot of kill class. Well, the office knew Sam very well. And, and they would just, every time we'd walk in late, Sam, you got to be in school. You've got to be here. And he would look at the, the office ladies and say, and give them just this big old smile and just say something to them that they just shook their head smiling and laughing. Or he'd tell them how much they loved him, you know, like, oh, remember how much you love me? And he would tease them and they would just smile and laugh and shake their head like, you got to be kidding. And I would just shrug my shoulder like, I have no idea. But he just had a way with people that he could just make anybody smile. And so the end of the year, after probably almost every day being in and out, he wanted to do something for the office staff. And so he went and bought, had me buy Starbucks. Um, I think, I hope he helped pay for it. I don't remember for sure, but he had me buy Starbucks, vanilla bean, frappuccinos with caramel, something like that for everybody in the office, which was like 
10 to 15 people. And he delivered them with a big smile and a big thank you. And it's just Sam. It's just, he's, he was such a punk. But he was so fun to love. And he was so fun to be a friend with and to get to know and to to be around because of that sense of humor and that quick wit. That's what I miss about my Sam. Um, so this week, when you're going around and it's summer and whether you're stressed or not stressed or on vacation or not, if you get a chance to think of Sam and honor him, just give somebody a big smile and say hi or give him a compliment. Sam loved to give compliments. And I think that that's the best way people can honor our Sam is if you remember that too, to smile and bring somebody else up for the day. Sorry that this was kind of a memorial of Sam or thinking about Sam. It's just that we. But I really, really appreciate all of those who have reached out. And I feel so blessed to be part of your life or to get to know you, even if it's during the most difficult time that you could be going through. I am grateful to be part of it and that people have trusted me with that. I miss my Sam every minute. Our family misses him. He should be here to be the uncle and everything else. There's so much to live for. So those who are struggling, remember there, there, is, there is light at the end, and you are needed here, and to always remember that. So thank you again for listening and for remembering my Sam with me, and to remember to look out for those around you, to lift up those who might be struggling, even if you don't understand. So until next time, remember to fight hard and love much.